Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I am your host, Gayon Nicole. I'm also the founder of SheVenturesNow.com, where I encourage millennial women to make quantum leaps in personal change. In today's episode, I'm pretty excited. I have gotten the chance to interview Mac Jocelyn, who is not only a financial coach and advisor, she is also the founder and writer of the NakedWriterBlog.com. Yes, you heard that right. NakedWriterBlog.com. It's her space on the interwebs where she shares um, a lot of her insights and nuggets of wisdom and how she navigated not only singleness, but different relationships. And so I hope you listen in and enjoy. Why don't we jump right in and you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell people how we know each other and what you've been up to lately. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Max. Some of you might know me as the Naked Writer. <laughs> so we, Gayon and I met at the University of Florida. We attended the team, and that's how we met. And what have you been up to right now? Like, what do you do professionally, and what do you do um, on your own time? Okay, so right now, I am actually the office manager for a nonprofit. On my free time, in my free time, I blog, and I also run my own personal finance business. Perfect. Perfect. So the topic for the She Ventures Now podcast right now is on singleness. And I think one of the ways we connected really well is I made a quick Instagram post after having read one of your posts. And I was so... Say it again. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, your writing is so palpable. I feel like you... you just like you said, the naked writer and, you know, your tribe being the vulnerable bites and you being vulnerable and you writing yours vulnerably at the end of your, your posts is so true to how you're wanting us to read it, right? You're super vulnerable. But the post, I think, I think there's two posts. And one of them was about the, um, the, and this is going to sound crass, but just the stupid things people say to single people. And then the second post was just sort of like you dealing with friends who had to, um, I think, deal with being, with being around you having a, having a relationship now. So both of them, I think, were well-written. And so I could connect easily with what you were talking about. But why don't you go ahead and tell people sort of a little piece of your singleness journey? Because you're engaged now, but tell them about how you got to a place where you could even write so just openly about your experiences. Right. Right. So my singleness journey. So I uh, would have come to Christ maybe my sophomore, junior year in college. And I decided that I was going to be, you know, Jesus was going to be my boyfriend. Right. That's what we all say. Jesus is my husband. And so that's where I was for a very long time. And then I moved to Ghana, West Africa to do missionary work. And I met a guy there and we uh, got engaged. That's not who I'm currently engaged to. Um, but we got engaged. <laughs> And that ended. There's mm-hmm. another blog on that. <laughs> um, but just going through the broken engagement season, I felt like I just wanted to be single. You know, let me take some time off from dating. So I did that for, I said I was going to do it for a year, ended up being two years. And I met someone else and we dated very briefly, like three or three or four months. And the year after that, I actually met the man that I'm now. Um, 
engaged to. Beautiful, beautiful. And while you were single, did you feel um, any moments where you felt extra single? Is that, was that at all in your journey? Did you find? You know, um, so I'm going to get vulnerable here. Um, so I want to say that the, the hardest time for me to be single is probably after I was diagnosed with genital herpes. And it was hard because I felt like nobody's going to be with me now, you know? So for those people who don't know, genital herpes is like one of two STDs that doesn't have a cure. Once you have it, you have it for the rest of your life. And so I just felt like, you know, I was like damaged goods. Um, and hold on one second, the phone's going off in the back. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. I'll press pause. Um, so that was the hardest part of, my singleness because it felt like it was going to be permanent, you know? Um, so that's what I have to say to that. So that would have been the hardest time for me to be single is not knowing if anybody would want to be with me knowing that I have this disease. And, you know, once you have it, it's like, well, how do I live with it? Do I, hi, my name is Mac and I have general herpes or is it something that I wait till we're dating do I wait till we're more serious and we're engaged? And then I tell him this. So that was the challenge that I had. And that probably was the hardest time of my singleness. Um, I don't know if that, that answers your question because you're probably talking about, you know, just struggling with being single. But for me, that was the hardest time. No, that makes sense. And it's, it's unique to you. It's unique to your experience. Right. So no, that makes sense. Um, Now let's, let's take a deeper dive and unpack because I feel like you are a great person to really uh, pull out some insights from. It's like that Proverbs, it talks about um, the wisdom in a man's heart are like deep waters. And if you're a wise, you can draw them out is the paraphrase version. But like, I feel like you've had aha moments along the way and you're like constantly publishing aha moments along the way, which please guys, if any of you loves really good blogs, please check out yours truly. Is it called yours vulnerably or is it called naked writer? The blog nakedwriterblog.com. It's amazing for single women, especially amazing. So what are some aha moments you've had in your experience from being in relationships and being single along the way? So my number one aha moment was that it's okay to date. I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know how. I feel great about it. (laughs) I feel great about it, Um, especially because part of my sort of theme that I've been trying to stress in my podcast interviews and even in the material that I'm writing, a course that I'm making and a book that I'm making is that to be an emotionally healthy single, there, there is a part of it where you're going to have to learn good people skills. And that includes learning how to date and learning how to put yourself out there vulnerably, right? So it's, 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 it's part of being emotionally healthy and part of being responsible for this time, you know? That's just my opinion. I don't want to take from yours. Go ahead. <laughs> right, exactly. You hit it right on the head. It's like we spend our whole lives, well, let me speak to myself. As absolutely, a, absolutely. Growing, as, growing up with parents who are from Haiti, I don't know if it's similar for you. Um, from Jamaica, serious. <laughs> We were taught like no dating, no boys. Like in Creole, we say which means school, work, um, church. That was it. And then it's like they say no 
forever and then you know you turn a certain age and they're like why are you not married well first of all i don't even know how to talk to a boy yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like yeah. i don't even know how to act around somebody i like and i have a lot of my friends who have that challenge and i'm literally like you. okay just relax you know whatever anyway back to the question my number one aha moment is that it's okay to date there was a season where joshua harris's book i kissed dating goodbye was Girl. like on the rave Nobody was talking to nobody. You had to hear that he was your husband. He had to fall out the sky into your lap for, for, for that to be. <laughs> Pause. I'm totally vibing with you. Did you know that Joshua Harris is doing um, a documentary about like how that book affected people negatively? No. Yes, girl. Yeah, he's doing a Kickstarter campaign asking for people to pledge money towards it for it to get sort of released. But if you check out the, and I'll, I will swap information about it, but I relate to what you're saying because I read that book like twice <laughs> and it, I thought it taught me about more, you know, about how to handle myself. Right. Anyways, back to you. Go ahead. Right. Right. So good. I'm looking forward to that documentary. I love documentaries, but uh, yeah. So I read this Joshua Harris book after my broken engagement. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a year off of dating. I'm not going to talk to anybody. So I had kissed dating goodbye. But actually, by this time, how old were you? Oh, I would have gotten, I must have been 22 or 23. Oh, wow. And I'm reading it at like 15. You know oh. what I mean? And I reread it at 17. And your kiss, yeah, I just, oh my gosh, you're kissing dating goodbye at 22? <laughs> yeah. I cannot. Go ahead. Right. So I guess my number one aha moment for, you know, single ladies is kiss dating hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Um, because like you said, you need to, you need to learn how to talk to people. You need to learn how to talk to, to someone of the opposite sex, um, to get to know them, to find out what you like, um, to find out what you don't like, you know, and I'm talking about dating in a healthy way. I'm not talking about going around sleeping with everybody talking to No, but it's okay to get to know people. That's my number one aha moment. My second aha moment is that marriage or you know getting a spouse a husband or a wife is not some kind of reward for being a good christian and so it doesn't mean that those people who are married or in relationships like they got it all right so the lord blessed them i wish i had a tambourine right now i would go like seriously (laughs) old school black black girl church dance on you right now and i wasn't even raised in a black church (laughs) i would totally do that because people need to hear it people keep going keep going back yeah, so so that's what I have to say. So for a long time, I kind of felt like, you know, this guy broke up with me and I didn't get married because I wasn't ready. And, and in some ways, I might have not have been. Um, but it wasn't because it wasn't some kind of punishment because I hadn't checked off all the right Christian girl boxes or I still had some underlying issues that needed to be dealt with and check, 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 because Honey, let me tell you, being in a relationship going to bring up every issue you didn't even know that you had. So um, back to my point, marriage or being in a relationship, having a spouse is not a reward for being a Christian. Not at all. And a lot of times I, I, I felt that way. Yeah. Um, my third and last aha moment is it's okay to express the desire to be married. Right. I was so annoyed that whenever I expressed this desire, I was kind of slapped with a Christian bandage of <laughs> focus on God's purpose for your life. <laughs> this is about the Lord's work. Just think about God's will for your life as if the two were somehow 
they could not coexist together. I could not be, I could not desire marriage and still be fully engaged or, you know, throwing myself into my purpose. I could not desire to be married and still, um, work very hard in ministry. People made, I'm not gonna say people made me feel like, but I felt like if I said it out loud, it meant that I wasn't Christian enough or I wasn't, um, delighting in the Lord enough. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those are my, 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 my three, um, aha moments. So it's okay to date ladies kiss dating. Hello. How you doing? Uh, (laughs) my second aha moment is Marriage is not a reward for being a good Christian. And my third is that it's okay to express a desire to be married. It doesn't mean that you're not focusing on your purpose enough. Yeah, I can totally relate to so many of your aha moments as if I you lived my life. Like just as if. And I think, you know, in some ways more and more in my my reflection, I can't I became uh you know, I've I've been in ministry for a while and 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 it's sort of kind of leadership sort of ran into me more than I'm running into it. And from the time that I was, you know, 19 in college, I had done an intern nine month internship with the church. So I'd learned a lot, grown a lot personally, and I had been thrusted into leadership many ways. And I was inviting it too. Like I was open to it, but I remember I felt I have in the reflection that I've done to put together this podcast and material, I had to own the fact that I became sort of, a microphone for a lot of these concepts too. So I remember saying to girls in college, you know, to focus on God, just focus on God, pray more or whatever, or, you know, just, and in some ways it's all well-meaning and it's, it's, it's encouraging. Um, And even for that season, it might've been appropriate maybe for the person, but I think you have to graduate to where you release people to go ahead and find whoever they're, whoever God wants them to be with or for them to even explore. Cause here's the thing, what I'm realizing more and more is people are going to stumble. They're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes in dating. We're going to fail. We're going to have moments where it's like, I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Or I should have prayed for, or you know what? This, this relationship was over after the first date. <laughs> That's going to happen, but people need to feel freedom to experience that and not feel like everything is micromanaged or that there's not spiritual enough if if it doesn't work out. Because there's this, I remember this one conversation I had with another friend where there's a lot of shame we carry when something doesn't work out as if we did something wrong. And it's like, no, stop, be free, be free from that. You know, it's not about you not praying enough. It's not about you not being in the scriptures enough. It's not about you not serving enough. It's not about you not being beautiful enough. These are some of my aha moments, you know? So it's, it's, um, it's been freeing to do the hard work of reflecting and also finding commonalities with people like you who are willing to be vulnerable and to talk about it, especially from a place of victory and a place of, man, I, I can look back and see where, yeah, this is what, this is what was in the air of my mind that affected me, you know? So thank you so much for just being so willing to share those aha moments. Cause I think they were so clear and I think people can really follow with you. Were you about to say something and I cut you off? No, I don't remember. I was going to say great questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the next, the next round is of questions are my rapid fire questions. You ready for them? These are like short pithy answers and okay. if, if it's juicy enough, I'll, I'll kind of ask you, like, what do you mean by that or something like that? But for the most part, I want you to feel very free to be like, this is what I think. And that's it. <laughs> so first question, as for 
terms, which one do you prefer, dating or courting? Dating. Really? Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me why. I hope I don't offend you. I just think. No, not at all. I just always think, like, sometimes I feel like I can pinpoint what people are going to say, and I couldn't. <laughs> I Dating. I just think the Saints trying to. Dating. You dating. <laughs> That's what you're courting. I mean, oh, gosh. Yes, Matt. Like yes. The Saints be trying to, you know, we're trying to. I get it. We got to set ourselves apart. But, honey, come on. You, you dating. And y'all going to date until you get engaged. Okay. If you want to call the engaged season courting, but. Yeah. As Christians, you date with purpose, and that's what courting is, right? Yeah. But um, I, I don't like the term courting because I, I it almost you almost feel I you can say I feel locked in like this better work because we're courting, so this has to end in marriage. So there's like no room to yeah mess it up, right? But, yeah. Because then there's gonna be the stigma like. So you ain't really hear from the Lord, huh? Hmm. So, so I wanted to tease this out. And the reason for that question is exactly that. I was raised, and, and this is for people who, again, where's, where's Joshua Harris's book? It's going to be on the shelf somewhere. <laughs> it makes a strong argument and proponent for, for courting. Right. And I think a lot of us, I think the Christendom in general was affected in the dating scene with that book talking about courting over dating. And I realized the same thing as you, like there's so much pressure with that word. There's so much pressure with hearing God's voice about the person. There's so much pressure with putting expectation on the person too early, maybe in the relationship because you're trying to court. And then you lose, I think for me, my opinion, (laughs) you lose the thrill and fun slash um the mystery of we're not sure we're not sure there we're not pre-committing to stuff you know what i mean i feel like dating takes the edge off is what i'm trying to say dating is like let's get to know each other until we see where we're going feelings are emerging and we feel like we can commit as opposed to courting because my thing is is i've seen i've seen experiences too This, this is why it takes experience i've seen experiences with friends myself included, where we're say we're courting and it doesn't work out. And it's like, it jades you. It's like, right, right. I don't know what to do with friends right. who say they're, they're courting and it doesn't work out or my courtship didn't work out. What do you do? And it's like, you know what? Let's just own up to the fact that like, we're trying to, this whole period of time before marriage is a mystery and you don't know where it's going to go, but you, but you pray and you think about it and you make decisions that are wise and it's dating. <laughs> it's dating. Right. my opinion, my opinion too. So I agree with you. Number two, do you feel like single people are neglected? Um, sorry. I want to go back to the dating. Or go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I had to pull my shirt up because I realized I look naked. I know I'm the naked writer, but you know, <laughs> you do not, not look naked. <laughs> but um, right. So when my engagement uh, was broken, I felt like that. I felt like, I didn't hear from God. And so it made me question everything else about my life. Wow. If I didn't hear about God on this guy, like, how do I know I heard about God to do this or to do that? And I literally was like in a depressed place, depressed and um, suicidal, if I could be vulnerable here. Wow. Suicidal, right. The only thing that, you know, I don't know if Google's a good thing or bad thing, but I had Googled how 
I don't want to give anybody any ideas, so I'm not going to say it out loud, but um, it, it took me there. And like you said, it's that pressure, like it, it has to be right. So that can be very dangerous. So I, I appreciate the term dating or recording. Like, like you said, just get to know people. Just, I don't know. I don't know if he don't want, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And that's okay. But it's like, no, you're supposed to hear from the Lord and you should know. If you don't know, then you're not supposed to be in it. And so I, I have a problem with that. Um, right. So that's what I have to say to that. So your next question, sorry. Yeah, no, I appreciate you even putting that in there because I think a lot of women might be able to even relate more with you being honest about like how it affected you. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's the thing is I think when we put these pressure on ourselves, we don't know how it affects you on the other side when you're right. trying to live this consummate Christian life where it's like, I want to be exactly how Joshua Harris says and exactly how, um, what's her name starts with a B? That's how, exactly how Priscilla Shiver says to hear God's voice and exactly how this, it's like you're trying to fit these, mod, these modes of Christianity that people have created. They're right. great teachers well-meaning people really trying to create clarity out of confusion. But I think we swing the pendulum the other way and almost we're not living by faith because we're not allowing the mystery to be there to just be like, man, I don't know. And I'm expecting God to really show me unique ways how I fit with this person. That's just my opinion. I don't have figured out either, but that's where I'm at. Number two, do you feel like single people are neglected? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, especially older singles. Um, I think when people think singles, they kind of think fresh out of college, you know, eighteen, twenty somethings. But I, yeah, I think so. Especially once you get into your later twenties, early thirties, um, I think that group is. I think maybe the world kind of expects that people would have been married by then. Um, so I, I do think so. Gotcha. Number three, do looks matter or no? <laughs> yes, they do matter, but it's, it should not be number one on your list. It yeah. Number one on your list, but it's important to be attracted to the person. Um, I always say, and one of my, one of my things when I was dating guys was if he commented on my looks too much, it made me uncomfortable because then I started to think I'm so deep about everything. So I started to think like, what if I get into a car? Because I did get into a car accident where um, my the glass like chat, my face was bloody. I went to the to the um, emergency room that way. And so I always have in the back of my mind like, what if I get into a car accident? And my face never looks the same again. Are you still going to be here? So, and me too. Like if if he if his face you know erupts, like am I still going to be there? So it's important to be attracted to the person, but it's not the number one thing like that shouldn't be oh i'm not no he's not cute uh, no girl, you know what cute let me tell you about cute boy you know i'm not saying that all attractive men but the guy who um infected me was very attractive i mean i was dating him at school at uf to the point where my friends would come up mac he's so cute mac he's so cute my roommates oh when is he coming back to visit you he lived in orlando but people didn't know that on the other side of that, what I was dealing with, that I, that this guy had now given me something I was going to live with for the rest of my life because he was so cute. He had so many variety of women that he could sleep with that he, he couldn't even tell me where he got it from because he had been with that many women because he was so attractive. Now I'm not saying like all cute boys going to get, that's not what I'm saying, but it's not the most important thing. 
And so ever since then, I've been very, very weary of guys who are like super attractive and like ladies, men. And I, I've been very careful of that. But it doesn't mean if you ain't cute, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, you can't be, I mean, look at us, you know, good looking women. And, you know, we saved and whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I put that in there again because, um, you know, and it's a double-edged sword, but I put that in there because on one side of the coin, I think we're raising a world that puts a heavy, heavy standard of beauty upon us, thrusted on us from when we're young. And then, and then so, but then, so you get discipled, you get mentored, you come to know Jesus, and then you're, all you hear is character. All you hear is where, where they're, where they're, where is, are you godly enough? What do you, who are you on the inside? Right. When it comes to relationship. So to the utter disregard, and I'm being extreme for the sake of this, this question, to the utter dis- disregard of physicality and attraction, you know, right. and I've come in my own way, you know, in my journey, I just, I think that there's a balance where right. I can acknowledge if I'm attracted to someone physically because of their features right. and their heart for God or their heart for, you know, right. their morality, their, their makeup, their, their, their personality. So for me, I'm like, I think it's really healthy to right. acknowledge both. Right. I think it's healthy to re- recognize. Cause I think there's parts of me that was surprised. Like I dated some guys that I really regret cause I feel like they were ugly. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, when I look on the pictures now and I'm like, where did that come? Like, where was I attracted to them physically? How did I overcome that? And because I was just looking at the person, like the personality, the character, you know what I mean? But I literally went through some phases where I was just like, it's not about attract physical attraction at all. Right. You know? Right. So there's that. That's why I asked that question. So I appreciate your comments on that too. Number four, what's your opinion, your actual opinion? Like if you were to write a dissertation to single women, what would you say is the top priority for every single woman in their season of singleness? What's the top priority? Counseling. Really? Please, please talk more. Please tell us more. Counseling. Um, I only went to counseling by force after my 2014 relationship. I think it was like a couple months later and I woke up crying and I was, I called my life group leader. I was like, why am I still crying about this? Like, this is not healthy. Like I feel, it felt like I was grieving that harder than I grieved my broken engagement. And so she's like, you might want to go see a counselor. And this person was a Christian. Um, and so I did. And it was so good for me to see that that I wasn't necessarily grieving the relationship, but what the relationship had, the end of the relationship had triggered in me. And so that was really helpful to me and how I live and how I relate to people in my life, my family, my friends, and, you know, my husband. So it, um, you know, it's not something that you'll ever regret doing. Like, I wish I had never dealt with that issue. No, you, you ain't gonna feel like that. Yeah. But there might be some things that you might feel like, you know what, I wish I could have. And when I say deal with the issue, it doesn't mean that, okay, it comes up, you clean it up and it's good to go, but you become aware of it. Like I respond because it rubs this thing in me. And so you learn to respond when something triggers you the wrong way instead of react. Yeah. Counseling. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, um, I haven't had anyone say counseling 
since I started doing the She Ventures Now podcast interviews on singleness. And so I actually think that that's incredible that you're, that you're encouraging that. And I, I would concur, totally concur. I feel like I wish I would have started counseling earlier. Um, I think I did get some counseling, but in an informal, informal settings where it was very one-off-ish. But um, I wish I would have gotten more counseling earlier about singleness, particularly how I was dealing with it, you know, and its impact on me. So that's, thank you for that. Number five, what's the worst or funniest meme on singleness you've ever seen? Um, I don't know if it's the funniest, but there was a meme of uh, dating in your 30s and it's like somebody like um, like uh, picking through a dump. Oh no. No, that's that's just terrible. Who did that? Uh, I saw that. That's one of the most recent ones I've seen and I was like comment okay that's terrible like i memes are supposed to be funny that's that's no well no it's okay i mean sometimes they are pretty bad like i i've seen a couple that are make you question wow um number six would you prefer being married at 20 or single until 40 than marry (sighs) you're I, 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 I'm, I would probably choose to, if I had a choice, I would probably choose to be married at 20. Really? Yeah. Do you mind unpacking that just a little bit? Yeah. Because I think by 40, even by 30, you're kind of established. Let me say it this way. I think when you're 20, you're a bit more malleable. And so marriage is going, you know, smooth out some of those rough, rough edges. And I think it might be easier, easier at that age. Um, so, so that, so that's what I think is I know people who are in their forties and dating and it's just, it's, it's like, take me as I am or that's it. Um, yeah. Not to say that people can't change. They absolutely can. Um, but if I had a choice, that's what I would choose. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, I did so much with my 20s. Like, I can't even imagine, like, having been, you know, tied down. But it's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I appreciate your honesty there, too. Number seven, which one is it? Not enough single eligible men or not enough women looking in the, in the right areas? Obviously, heavy opinionated here. So feel free. I think not looking in the right areas. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I saw have, your blog post on that, so I was kind of interested in hearing. Right, yeah. So I loved it. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. Yeah. So that's that's my um, thought. Not, not not looking in the right areas. I think as Christians, as Christian women, we want to meet our husbands at church, mm-hmm. and that ain't the only place Christians meet. They only there once a once a week. You know, maybe twice if he going to Bible study. But yeah, yeah. like yeah. that can't be it. And so one of the tricks I kind of ran into by accident that I shared on my blog is that I walked into a Buffalo Wild Wings during the NBA finals. And boy, when I tell you brothers was up in the place, I mean, brothers was up in the place. And this is, this is, <laughs> I just love and this is, it, um, of yeah. course, you kind of have to sift through because everybody there might not be a believer, of course, but it's a good place to find a man that's not in an environment that you wouldn't want to meet someone if that makes sense 
Yeah. And club, you know what I'm saying? You had a Buffalo Wild Wings. It's okay. You can meet him there. It's all right. Yeah. Um, the gym. I've, I've had a, quite a few encounters at the gym. Some people feel uncomfortable about that because it's like, oh, they're looking at my body. Well, yeah, you're at the gym. So, of course, that's going to be the initial point of attraction because you haven't talked to That's all, Yes. It's okay. It's, um, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh. Why not? You meet somebody else who's taking care of their body. Great. Um, so, yeah. So, I think not, you know, also not getting out enough. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. that's my thought. Yeah. You know, I put that there to obviously <sighs> – there's so many schools of thought. I think that I've heard so many women, myself, and well, for a while, I feel like I did not acknowledge the whole idea of there being a low supply of single eligible men. I just was like, I think that they're out here. I just generally, and I still generally think that way until I started realizing, no, Gayon, they're out there, but you're not going. You're, I literally at one point in my life, I was 26 and I was helping to plant a church in South Florida. And I literally said to myself and, and to God, really, is like, God, I literally go from home work to church to home. That's it. Like homework church. And maybe, maybe gym every now and again. And actually guys would come up to me up at the gym. <sighs> Long stories. But I um, got frustrated at myself and I was like, no, you should challenge yourself to go to other places. So I would, you know, do online dating and I would go to these events and it was great to just see that there are eligible, attractive men, whether they were Christian or not, they're out there. And I just was never putting myself in a place to be found or to even entertain conversations with them. So completely agree with you about that because I think it can be emotionally unhealthy to always feel like you're not, you're not doing anything, that you're doing everything right and it's not working out. Like, I think that that's confusing and almost a little bit dishonest, right? Hopeless. Yeah. If it ain't working, then you're hopeless. Yeah. Or like a lot of single women have this desert mentality. Like they're the only single person here. <laughs> the whole city. There's no one. It's just me, God. It's like, well, uh, you might want to go out. Like you might want to put on makeup and go. <laughs> right. Right. That's come on. Let's not, we're about to have a woman's conference up in here. Yes. Mm-hmm. You gotta be, you come on. You gotta look, I'm, you gotta come on. You gotta clean up. You can't go. You can be somebody at the grocery store at Walmart, but you gotta come on, honey. You do your hair a little bit, throw it back. You know, wear something, you know, seriously. I'm so serious. Like, it's, it's real. It's real. Um, and it's funny because, <clears throat> and I'm at the point right now where I, um, I started a life coaching business back in 2013. <clears throat> and I really didn't have enough clarity to know what I wanted to offer. But part of me has done enough exploration on myself for singleness sake and reading books and reading from different dating authors, Christian and non. And I've learned so much on like, practical street smart skill level like hearing you say even as a strong christian woman say hey go to the buffalo go go to the wild wings when there's a big game like to me i don't think people recognize that that's a measure of practical discernment on like being you're going to you can't catch a fish if you ain't gonna go to a pond like you're not gonna catch nothing you know and i feel like a lot of these people dating authors they've given me enough insight about like what women are not doing and stuff that I didn't do. Like one of them was Rachel Greenwald, Harvard graduate, 
graduated with a marketing degree and she used that marketing degree to find her husband. Like she was like, I am going to find ways to not chase a man, but to attract him. That's her whole premise. So one of the things she talks about is just like, just one practical tip. Like I'm gonna give you two, just cause I want to feed it off of you for a second. Two tips that she gives is, um, are you wake up in the morning, instead of making coffee at home, wake up, get nice, go to work. But before you go to work, stop at the nearest coffee store, pick up the paper, read it for a second, buy your coffee. Here's why. There's probably going to be other men on their way to work that you can meet in those short moments. Instead of you drinking coffee at home, drink coffee in public. Like she gives those kind of tips, right? Um, another tip she gives is like, if you're going to be giving a toast at a friend who's getting married, well, first off, she's like, if a friend is getting married, give a toast, single ladies, here's, and here's how you do it. You give a toast describing how much you enjoyed seeing the, the union of your two friends. And you make sure that you put at the end, and this is not just sound contrived. She's just saying at the end of it, make sure you say something to the effect of, I hope one day that I can have the same kind of union that you guys have. She's just saying like, put yourself out there, but in the most tactful, gentle, womanly, feminine way, you know? She's like, you're already gonna show up at weddings. You're already gonna go get coffee. Go ahead and be around people that can see you, you know? And it's just stuff like that. Whereas like, I think a lot of us are dealing with the insecurity of being single so much to the point where we're, we're sitting at home and we're just like, I don't know why I'm still single, but you're just, but you're not even cultivating. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. Anyways, oh, I feel like I'd be there. That's a, um, that's a, that's a very interesting book. Is she, um, Christian? I don't know if she's Christian or not. I actually don't. I, I read both Christian and non-Christian books. Right. That's fine. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and, um, especially, especially on that topic, just because I think sometimes a lot of, not not all the Christian books. I certainly haven't read all the Christian books on dating, but some of them can sound redundant and really, really super spiritual. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, after we have prayed about it, after we have fasted on it, after we have realized we're going to be pure, what else is there to do? <laughs> right, right. That's a great book. I think you should do a piece just on that. What you've learned from that—that that was really good, and that. Uh, reminds me of a client that I have, one of my personal finance clients, and she was in her 50s and she was still single. And, you know, we were going through her expenses for the month and she was like, and don't tell me not to um, spend money on coffee. I'm not here to do that, but okay, I won't. Um, <laughs> so she said to me, she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm single. I only have my uh, dog at home and that's my time to interact with people. It's so so right. So it's so interesting that you said that, you know, she, I think that's, that's great. That, that, that's a great book. You, you need to do a piece. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I love the feedback yeah. too. It's, that's- it's just something that over the years you're like, dang, I've been missing it, you know, right. or, and I, here's the thing. I have been an extroverted single for a while, especially right. just it's even still being involved in the church so heavily with planning a church. But I realized I was still missing cues, you know, like cues. I was missing it, you know. So that's been my experience. Um, the eighth question, do you believe in arranged marriages or no? Yes. You do? Unpack that. Go ahead. 
I actually did some research <laughs> that arranged marriages actually last longer than, um, yeah. you know, when we pick people ourselves. There's this hilarious Netflix film, Meet the Patels. Have you really? Seen? No, but I'm going to check it out. You need to check it out. It's about this Indian guy. He's like 28 and his parents are on a mission to get him married. <laughs> and literally the in this this you know I, I don't know if it's Indian people but on the show they had the documentary they had like their own website like online dating but it was yeah. just for like their yeah yeah their people group their their ethnicity or whatever I get it it was like a resume like a marital resume and you know his dad and mom were like he, he, he was like, I don't have money to buy tickets. And he said, his dad said, don't worry about it. Just go on the dates. And literally they had him fly into different states on different days. I was like, come on, one time for intentionality. Yes. Yes. What, what a Christian. Why we can't do that? I know. I know. I know. Back to my point um, on arranged marriages is that when people get into these situations, they know they have to make it work. It's like, we got to make this work. Um, and I think sometimes the Christian loophole with saying God sent me this person, and I, I'm not saying that He doesn't. Of course, God is right; He's He's sovereign, right? But He yeah. also enforces our will, His will on us. We need a balance with that. But I think sometimes what saying God sent me this person does is it takes the responsibility off of you to make it work. So now you begin to say, "Well, if God, if God and I and." I cringed one time. Somebody said, and all these married people arguing, and if they would have waited on God, they wouldn't be having all these fights. Excuse me? What? Are you kidding me? Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody who's different from you? Like, that's enough to create some friction. It's not about whether or not God has sent them. And so just to answer your question, let me tone it down here. Um, I believe in arranged marriages. No, yeah. Excuse me. I put that in there too, obviously, to, you know, just to see how many of us, in as much as we're Americans, would entertain something that's not um, natural to our culture, right? Because I think that, they're, that those statistics speak for themselves. And I think it's something, I, I've had to entertain it the longer and longer I've been single because I was like, man, it would be so cool if my parents had already thought about it. And because one on that, so for two reasons, one, the statistics speak for themselves. And then two, just to know that your parents have been watching you right. and know you and know the kind of person you're going to need. And they know, they, they arrange it. They find somebody that, that would be a fit. I feel like that's a, such a good reflection of God, if that makes sense. Like that's such a good reflection of God. And I also think that sometimes we can trust our parents, even when we come from um, have a hard childhood. Like we can trust their judgment even with that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've sometimes felt like, dang, it would be so much easier if we just, <laughs> right. right. I'm, you need to watch that. You're going to, you are going to enjoy it. I, I will. I think I will. I was definitely, yeah. I was like, come on. And her, her both of the mom too, both of the son and daughter weren't married. And she was, she was like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it was, it was good. Yeah. Thank you for the intentionality. Yeah. I also think you make a great point too about like the onus of responsibility in relationships to work um, is much clearer when you're in arranged marriage. I mean, theoretically, I don't know if you know anyone that's in arranged marriage, but 
I think sometimes as Americans, we don't want, like we want the glamour of love, but we don't want the work and we don't want um, our independence to be encroached upon. So it's like when you're independent, it's like, I can choose, I got options. You arrange marriage, it's like, this is it. (laughs) So there's that. But yeah, for sure. When you think about the long term, which is much more important, it's like, yeah, I actually would want, would want something that's more stable. Number nine. What book? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I actually uh, went on a couple of dates with an Indian guy and yeah. his uh, sister was in an arranged marriage. And it was funny, you know, he and I were just getting to know each other. We, oh, we had met at Toastmasters, hint, hint, single ladies. Yeah. Um, at Toastmasters. And on one of our dates, he was like, I know my dad would never go for this, like him dating outside of his race, but it was still interesting. So the arranged marriage um, concept isn't, it's not an old time thing. I mean, this guy's in his 20s. But it's still going on. Yeah. Still going on. And so his, his parents are like, why are you not married? You need to come home so we can marry you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's like, no, I want to date and get to know people. Yeah. So over here like, I wish my mom would have a husband for me. I wish. I really, I, no, but I really went through a dark season where I felt sad that my parents couldn't find me a husband. Like dead serious. And then not only that, but the options that they kept telling me, <clears throat> it was mostly my mom, were just so off the radar. Like, I just was like, mom, no, I'm not going to entertain somebody so that they can get their visa. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's just not in my deck of cards. Like, I can't do it. You know? Um, and my, I didn't really get many, many options from my dad, but mostly my mom. She was just trying and it was just like, no. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I wish... I think that's a great cultural feature is what I'm saying. I just think that that's so great. Number nine, and this is the final question. What book or books would you recommend to the She Ventures tribe and why? Um, Okay, since we're talking about singleness, it's going to be in relation to people who want to get married. Yeah. Um, So I would recommend uh, Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married by, I think, Gary Chapman. Yeah. Did you read that? Had you? I did read you... It, yeah, I read it while we were dating, and mm-hmm. it was so good. We did the homework assignments, and I was like, huh, never thought about these things. So yeah, I would recommend that book, and I would also recommend that book you talk about about with the author Rachel, <laughs> how she got her husband. You can't be <laughs> recommending my books. <laughs> just kidding no for sure for sure rachel greenwall it's how to how to find a husband after 35 that's i think the title of the book but she's a world-renowned um relationship coach and uh paul c brunson i don't know if you're familiar with paul c brunson he was coached in his relationship training he was coached by her oh mm -hmm. nice yeah so he yeah 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 so he also has some practical tips i watch i think that's what christians are missing we're missing the practical oh for sure yeah. yeah. I know to pray fast. I know seek. I got that. Now, tell me how to do my hands. Oh, gosh. That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get more updates about our upcoming podcasts or blog posts, any resources that I'm producing to help you make quantum leaps in personal change, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.